The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I have some great experience myself with the GameTime app. Just minutes before a football game a couple weeks ago in Cleveland, I was able to fire up the app, look for the prices, Definitely do drop just minutes before the game, and I love the panoramic view. You can see exactly what you're getting yourself into. What section of the arena, the stadium, do you want to sit in? It's not just sports tickets, also music and theater tickets as well. And it's simple, easy, two-tap checkout, and away you go. So the GameTime app is simple, it's quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Game on, everybody! It's the throwback week twelve prep for you guys. As always, Chris Meany is at Chris Meany. Brad Ziegler is at Brad Ziegler. I'm at Only Kid. If you're listening in the Freeverse on the iTunes, the Spotify's, the Google Plays, Stitchers, and all that stuff, and you want to check out the great work at That's the Athletic. Not just mine, not just Chris's, the 99% of the other stuff that's on there, the other podcast, the off-season baseball talk, NHL, which Chris has also, though, NBA, all the stuff, all your favorite teams. We even cover MMA, whatever you want. It's theathletic.com slash the throwback, and you get 40% off your first year. So no reason not to be checking that out. No reason not to be following us. No reason to hopefully still be in the playoff hunt because you've been listening to us all year as we hopefully get you ready for week 12, which... God, why, why do we have, why do we have four teams, two of the biggest ones we care about on a bye, including your team, Brad, in week 12? Do something. You can, come on, you got some power somewhere for you can pull over from baseball and fix things in the NFL, right? Like, you can get this oh, nonsense. Tell me about it. It's, this, this is so frustrating because, like, obviously when I'm drafting, I picked a lot of Chiefs and, you know, then everybody <laughs> likes the tech, the, you know, the other, some of the other teams on bye. And it's like, gosh, there's a lot of really good players this week that are just out and, and, you know, they're, this is do or die week for fantasy. A lot of times you, you, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that can't lose this week. You need to win these last two games to have a shot at the playoffs. And then you lose a lot of your best players. It's frustrating. The the only thing from my perspective as a, as a chiefs fan, I'm, you know, with Damian Williams getting the rib injury and Tyree kill with a hamstring injury, I'm kind of glad they have a bite week this week just so they can get ready for the Raiders <laughs> week 13. Yeah. That's hey, Chris, actually a pretty good that- call. Does that, did that come into your mind during draft season at all? Because Chiefs fan or not, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Damian Williams at the time, you know, Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey obviously, yeah. Sammy Watkins, that's one team. Then you have Thielen, Diggs, and yes, Thielen's been out, but essentially Thielen, Diggs, Dalvin Cook, depending on your league, if you drafted Kirk Cousins, if maybe you needed a quarterback. Kyler Murray was drafted. David Johnson, who again, not, but his replacement in Kenyon Drake. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and then the Chargers with Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, the tight end whose name is Hunter Henry, and maybe even Philip Rivers. That's a legitimately huge amount of players for four teams to be on a bye. Like, did that 
uh, did you look and when you're drafting say, oh my God, I don't want to lose so many people or maybe two guys of this importance in week 12. Did you look this far ahead? No, I probably should have though, because I do have a team that's <laughs> just completely on, on the buy. It was the same thing last week too. I think I had like Aaron Jones. Golden Tate, uh, Russell Wilson, and maybe Derrick Henry all on by and completely took the L. It's not as bad as, what was it, week 10 with six teams on by? You know, the teams weren't as elite, but that yeah. was a, that was a rocky week. Like six teams on by, like can't you spread them out maybe? Well, that was earlier. my point. Yeah, with the two, we had two different weeks with two teams on a buy, and you had to still throw in a six-team buy. You didn't yeah, have to. It's a little strange, but no, I don't. I don't honestly think. Think about all that too much when I'm drafting. You know, I'll just deal with it later on. I find when I do drafts online, it's a little bit easier. You see the bye weeks. You're when you're scrolling, you got guys in your queue and you do them. But I feel like it, the real life drafts. That's when I get caught up. There was a draft that I did in, in person with a few buddies, and I was just like, "Well, I'm losing week seven because there's like three <laughs> or four guys that were, were on by that week. But you know, if I like a player at the draft at that point, I'm just going to do it and I'll deal with it. You know, come bye week. And now, so many. Guys, playoff runs are, are maybe they're relied on Jordan Wilkins. I see Jordan Wilkins. There's some talk this morning. Well, I didn't get Jonathan Williams. Am I going to roll out Jordan Wilkins this week? It's like, yikes. This is, this is what it's come to. Yeah, actually. Yeah, and, the, and there's, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's <laughs> a league. I, I ran in the same thing. Like in a, it's a, it's a best ball dynasty league, believe it or not. So, but it, 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 uh, I didn't get Jonathan Williams, but I was able to pick up Jordan Wilkins for free this morning, and there's a chance that he's actually going to be more valuable. And at the same time, I, I'm like not excited about any of it. Like I, I didn't want any of those guys on my <laughs> roster at any point this right. season. I gotta tell you, I've brought this up before with the whole bye week things. The one league where I didn't do it intentionally, but halfway through the draft, it was a snake draft. It, it happened in the fact that it was week eight or nine, somewhere around there. I ended up having close to four or five guys already. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to throw that week out. And by the end of the draft, I had like six guys and that was the league that I went 12 and one in. So, you know, it's like you kind of just take that. And that was the week. That was the one week that I lost was, you know what? I'll be 100% the rest of the season. And granted, that's not always going to work out. Just the injuries and all the type of other situations out there. I mean, that's probably the best scenario result that you could come out with is what I came out with. But even so, even as they say, you lose that week and then another week because of injuries. You still give yourself a really good chance the rest of the season. So it can work both ways, but it definitely stings to have it in week 12. So hopefully, let's talk week 12. And we'll hit Thursday Night Football as we do it quicker because – you might be listening to us on Friday or even Thursday night, and it's too late at that point. The Colts side of it, you just talked about it, Brad. You say Jordan Wilkins might be, but isn't this what we're looking at? It might be. It might be Wilkins. It might be Jonathan Williams. Nobody knows. And for my point, I'm actually leaning Naheem Hines because the one thing I noticed about the Texans is I went back and out of their last five games. Now, granted, Naheem Hines is the one of the four. It was four out of five games. He's the one out of the five games that didn't because he was one for 13. But in all the other four games, they gave up at least one passing play to a running back for 20 yards, including Mark Ingram. And then the other three were backup running backs. Jalen Richard. Go down the list and look at Raquel Armstead. It was backup running back. So maybe Naeem Hines is not only the safest, but finally has a big floor in this matchup. Yeah, it's possible. And, you know, but even last week, as as good as, you know, Jonathan Williams may have played himself into a lot of playing time, and he had a 31-yard reception, you know, in in the mix. So it's also possible he's the guy to get that that big play too. So, um, you know, who knows? He, you know, 116 yards on 13 carries against the Jaguars' defense is is tough to ignore. Um, And I, I think... 
you know, at best you're going to get a, a 20% share, especially this is a, the Texans are a team that you can run on. Um, you can pass on them too. They, their, their defense has been atrocious lately, but they got exploited last weekend on a short week. I, I'm all about, um, using the, the Colts running backs and, and hoping that that Texas defense is beat up just enough to allow a whole lot of big plays. I actually don't feel like they're a team that you can run on. I know last week Gus Edwards had over 100 rushing yards. That was the first player to have 100 rushing yards against them in two years. Like, they've been pretty solid against the run, and Baltimore's just a really good team running the football. So I think this is just a mess. It's it's a complete mess. And I think that's why you're seeing some running backs get those catches against them because they're they're having issues, you know, running the football. So – I don't know. So if, if, I had to, if I had to choose one, honestly, I th- I'm just going off what I saw last week with Jonathan Williams. Uh, you know, I think he, I think he earned himself a few touches in this game. And if if I'm looking at a guy who's at least going to come away with the most carries, it's probably Jonathan Williams. Like Jordan Wilkins practicing is is huge news, and, and it's bad news for anybody who just wanted Jonathan Williams and wanted that plug-in guy who's a Marlon Mack owner. And like, what do you do? I mean, Wilkins has never had a game this season with over 10 carries. Is he going to get six or seven carries, and then Williams going to get six or seven carries? Hines going to get six catches? Like it's just, yes. it's yeah, it's, it's a complete, <laughs> it's an absolute mess. I say the highest ceiling probably does lie with with Hines. Really? Yeah, well, is second highest? You don't think that? Like, what if Williams gets twenty touches? What if they treat him? Well, yeah, like if he does, yeah, it's just about I guess trying to project that. If if he gets twenty right. touches, sure, I, I think he comes away with the most touches, but I just don't know how productive he's going to be, um, you know, with those touches. So that's why I say with with Hunt, that's maybe that's a few catches. certainly fair. I think the let's easiest question ever. T. Y. Hilton's active. You're playing him 100, percent correct? Yeah, I mean, he loves – there's it's a little bit of a narrative there when he if plays it, the Texans. No, not even narrative. <laughs> like, Chris, if you got 10 days between this game and your next game and you're going to play him without, you know, with the injury that he's had, you're, and you get the bonus 10 days if you don't play him, there's right. no, like, they, they're not putting him out there unless he's ready. Put him in there. Easy sure, 100%. Play. Yeah, but, I, I, you know, T.Y. Hilton owner should be looking for a backup because I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, and the, the Texas right. defense, 29th in fantasy points against the pass. And so this is actually, with all those quarterbacks out that we talked about this week, I think this is a really good week to start Jacoby Brissett um, with a, you know, especially like we talked about on the short week. Um, there's a chance for, for big opportunity. I mean, he's he's kind of like a Lamar Jackson light um, in, in a sense. He's a real athletic. He can, you know, he, he can throw the ball a little bit. And, and so there's a chance he puts up a three or four touchdown night. All right, so then, Brad, on the flip side of things, if he's active – are you starting that bum that shows up every five weeks? I'm not Who's saying that? his name. Come on. Uh, the guy Eric I hate. Ebron? No. Jack on the other side, Texans. The Texans. Oh, receiver. yeah. Fuller. He loves there his little Will Fuller. Uh, no, I am not starting Fuller this week. I, I, even if, yeah, assuming he plays, but, um, he, he's too inconsistent and, He's also, you know, we've seen it with with other players, you know, with Sammy Watkins earlier this year and and Adam Thielen, um, you know, play they come off an injury, they play a couple plays and they re-injure it, retweak it. Like I, I don't want any part of that possibility um, with Fuller because he he has such a tremendous history of of hamstring injuries that I just 
I, I don't I don't ever want to see him on one of my teams but again. But Chris, when he scores three touchdowns, you're an idiot for telling me not to start him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, for sure. I, I and every other game has just been like eh, one to three catches for twenty, thirty yards, forty yards. There's been a, a few players like in this matchup who have just been disappointing lately, right? I mean, Zach Pascal, everyone's grabbing him. An opportunity with T. Y. Hilton on the field, and nope, he's had four catches for like forty yards over the last. Well, another two example weeks. of asking a wide receiver to be a number one that right. can't be. Number yeah, one. Exactly. So if there's no TY, I don't know how confident I am in him. And Jack Doyle just puts up the zero last week. And on the other side, Kenny Stills in, you know, it just completely, this offense was just completely shut out basically against Baltimore. So Stills has a, has a dead game. Maybe he can come back. I mean, Kiki Kute has been absolutely nothing, um, over the past few weeks. So. Did you add a little spice to his name? Did you say Kute? Kute. Kiki Kute. <laughs> um, Kiki Kute. <laughs> yeah, I just, DeAndre Hopkins and move on. <laughs> I guess four notes. Uh, oh, Carlos Hyde. I mean, Carlos are we, Hyde like, I meant, yeah. is Carlos Hyde the most overlooked, non-talked about running back this year? Probably. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been phenomenal, but he's been, he's been much better than I think anybody could imagine. I mean, I was the Carlos Hyde I was wrong on him. supporter out of the trio. I here, thought he was toast. And I didn't think that he would flirt with a thousand yards and he's probably going to have a thousand rushing yards by, by the time it's all said and done. I mean, he's got 769. He just, he doesn't, yeah. his, his numbers are never efficient, but he, he touches the ball, you know, double digit times every week. And that's all you can really ask for, especially on a week like this. Yeah, and we think, and we expected you know, early on we expected Duke Johnson to just dominate the touches there and Hyde just kind of be a complimentary back. Well, well, yeah, no, we, very <laughs> very much the opposite. Be careful how you tur- you toss that word we out there. Well, <laughs> when I say we, I mean as in me and Chris. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on from this game. And I'm going to jump to one because Chris, I'm going to come back to something we were saying with Pascal. And the fact is, you know, sometimes, and this isn't like, ha ha, I told you so, because there's some receivers that do step up that are able to handle as to be in the number one. And they're, but more so often than not with the Pascals with Randall Cobb from years ago is the example that I always love to give Uh Sterling Shepard, even before he got hurt, there's questions of he was going to be able to do it. We've seen this from very, like quite a few wide receivers so far this year. So let's jump to Pittsburgh at Cincinnati where James Washington looks like he's going to be the number one this week. It sounds like Juju Smith-Schuster's out. It sounds like Deontay Johnson's out. James Washington is going to be the number one. James Washington doesn't have necessarily a really bad matchup. William Jackson is decent. As, but And what if they double cover him? What if they just blank and say, you know what, you have nobody to throw to, so we'll just take away your deep threat. Good luck trying to fill up the rest of the game with Johnny Holton and Vance McDonald. Have fun, guys. Or, you know, maybe you know Pittsburgh just throws it 18 billion times to Jalen Samuels again. Is James Washington a must-start if both of those guys are out just on volume alone? Because I want you to tie one into it and say on the flip side of the ball with a terrible matchup, is Tyler Boyd a must-start just because of the volume, let alone the bad matchup? So it's different ways, same question. Yeah, and and, and Boyd was... Boyd was popping off after the last game against Oakland. He was he was pretty ticked off, and I know squeaky wee. Yeah, you get the you get that narrative too. Um, you know the Bengals show here that podcast growling. Paul Daniel Jr. He said he went to talk to Boyd after the game, and Boyd didn't even want to talk to him. Like he's that type of guy that he just gets really emotional after games, where he just kind of bites his tongue and says, "Listen, I just not right now." Uh, tomorrow. He's <laughs> probably searching plane tickets out of Cincinnati. <laughs> Get me the hell out of here with Ryan Finley. Uh, one catch on three targets. 
So pretty disappointing showing, and, and I'm sure they're going to try to get him involved. But they've they've leaned on the run game. We've 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 said this over the past couple of weeks. They've really turned the page and just get Joe Mixon more involved. I think he has 45 carries in his last two weeks. So I I don't mind Boyd as a potential bounce back, but where's the upside? Like, what's he really going to do for you? James Washington, I would start just on what you said, Jake, volume alone. Um, just getting opportunities. This is this is somebody who's who's shown up the past couple of weeks, but. This has a feel like just a completely, I don't know, 14, Gross. 13 game. Yeah. The, the spread here is, is Pittsburgh seven. I don't know. If, if Cincy's going to win a game, it could potentially be this one. Um, we're taking Cincy, right? <laughs> yeah. I think lock them in right now. Let's do Same it. question, Brad, for those two wide receivers. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine playing, playing both of them. I do think Boyd, Boyd's not going to pop off like that if he didn't feel like he was open a lot during the game. Like if he was just completely shut down. Then he's not going to say anything later, and and so it makes me wonder, like, if they're going to go into a film room and he's going to, you know, be able to point out to Ryan Finley, like, dude, look, I'm open, look, I'm open, I'm open. All these plays where you're throwing the ball away to avoid a sack, you're not even looking my way. That's the only reason you have the ability to pop off like that, and and it makes me think that that's probably what was happening, especially against the Raiders, and and a game that they only lose by a touchdown. Like most of their games have been blowouts this year, they were actually in that game, had a chance to beat a team that's at the top of the, you know, or, or among the top of their division, probably a playoff team, and he, you know, it's just a, a level of frustration that is piling up, and so it wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, he ends up with ten or twelve targets. He was really highly targeted. Um, you know, prior to that game, all of a sudden just kind of shut down. So, um, I, I think, um, and, and I don't know, you know, who knows if Auden Tate's going to play. He had a, a yeah. really bad, you know, concussion. Slash well, that was part of the reason I was going with it because and, I, I think, I think Auden Tate's definitely out. Yeah, I would say yeah. so. Yeah. So if that's the case, then, then I, I think there's a really good chance that Boyd's going to get four feds. Is it going to be thing though? He's going to get 14 targets and four catches for 45 yards. Well, so that was going to be my question. I'll take four and so, so 45 I'll... if he scores. <laughs> See, I don't know that he scores. See, I'm more with Chris, Brad, and the fact that I think this turns into for, you know, when we saw Odell Beckham against Jadavius White, was it 12 targets in that game that he saw? And it's like, and that's Odell Beckham yeah. and still only had, what was it, four or five catches or something like that. It's, you're talking about the Steelers defense, which we continue to talk about in the show. You keep bringing up the fact that ever since they had Minka Fitzpatrick, that you know, this team, this has been one, this has been a top five defense. Oh, for sure. You're talking about the Ryan Finley with no arm and Tyler Boyd, who you want to use downfield against the Pittsburgh defense. I don't know to your point, Brett, and I'm asking you this. I'm not trying to set you up. Like we're obviously on different pages, but for me, I'm, I'm more with Chris in the fact that like, even if he sees a dozen targets, I don't know that it converts into much. And I, while I totally understand that, I look at, even just look at the last game they played against the Browns. So the the Browns do not have an upper echelon offense. Even in that game, they were not an upper, upper echelon offense. And they scored 21 points solely because of the Steelers' ineptness to move the ball on offense themselves. So, and now they you take away two of their top three receivers, and potentially they're starting running back, and you... you make the Steelers that much more inept. And I just feel like they're not going to be able to move the ball. It's going to put the the Bengals at least a few times with some good field position. I think a touchdown is a possibility. I, I just think there's, you know, if they're going to score three times and you look at that, you know, three, you know, say they score three times, you look at that team and it's like, okay, well, who's going to get those touchdowns? If Auden Tate's out of there, it's basically got to be either Joe Mixon or, or uh, Tyler Boyd. And so, I, I'm going to say the odds are there that he scores a touchdown, 
And, and again, in a week where there's a whole lot of wide receivers on bye weeks that I would normally want to play this week, I think it's a week where you could throw him in as a wide receiver three and at least have a little bit of confidence that he's probably going to get a high volume of targets and just hope he catches a bunch of them. The big takeaway, Jake, from, from Brad there is that I'm pretty sure he called Oakland a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, as annoying as it is. <laughs> you look at their schedule down the stretch and I like it, you couldn't hand pick. It's kind of like the, the basically the Patriots schedule at the beginning of the year and the Raiders get it at the end of the year. Yeah, it's true. They do have a nice schedule. I wouldn't mind seeing them in the playoffs, you know. Last that's the exact opposite. Like, I don't know that the biggest thing is the Bills, despite sitting at seven and three. Yeah, they're I don't know the that schedules they kind of. I was going to say, I don't know if they finished eight and eight, nine and seven. I mean, look, they have what, two games you think they should probably win the rest of the way? That's the Bills got jobbed on the back end and flip side. The rest of their schedule. Broncos at Cowboys, Ravens at Steelers, at Patriots, home against the Jets to finish things out. So at least if they have to, at least if their destiny is in their control in a must-win game in Week 17, at least they have that one in their back pocket. But, Chris. And I will say, I think they're better than the Broncos. It's just not, from a fantasy standpoint, that's not a a team that I want to go against. Right. Uh, I want to jump to another game. We're going to go to the one at the top of the list here. Should this be a shootout or are we going to get disappointment? (laughs) Because all of a sudden... The Falcons defense, a top five play this week against Jameis Winston turnover machine, or should this essentially be what we want it to be in a shootout? Yeah, this is, that's, that's a great question. I was debating last night, do I roll with the 49ers defense that's been so good against Aaron Rodgers, or do I pick up the Atlanta Falcons defense? It's available oh, and that's balling that out. There's I know, no I didn't want to go that far either. And the 49ers did, you know, more than enough in a, in a matchup a couple weeks ago in Seattle and Russell Wilson, which I was a little hesitant to roll them out too, so I'm just going to stick with them, but it's very possible you know, that they could get Atlanta talking. They can get three or four sacks and a couple picks. It is Jameis after all. But, yeah, I'm in the mindset that this is going to be like a 50-point game um, from both sides. I'd play everybody, play all the studs. I guess maybe not Brian Hill. I, I'd be a little hesitant to play that guy. Uh, but Calvin Ridley, obviously Julio Jones. Um, on the other side, you're playing the two-stud Tampa Bay wideouts. So, and, and I think maybe a bounce-back spot slightly for Ronald Jones. I'm not talking the top ten. RB1, I'm talking a borderline RB2, low-end RB2, maybe a flex. Last week was just a tough spot. We talked about that against the Saints. So, you know, he could get um, – they didn't even try to run the ball in Tampa last week. There was – there was they didn't even try. How many carries did they have? I have to look it up. I, I think it was less than 10 between the two backs. So I think Jones Six. maybe is a flex. Six, yeah. I know they're down early, but they didn't They didn't try at all to, to run the football against the Saints. I think they'll, they'll try to run a little bit more because you can't have Jameis throwing the ball 50 times. It's just embarrassing. All right, before yeah, you Bar- go, Brad, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep talking, keep talking about this game. If you guys finish up talking about this game, go to Denver, Buffalo while I take Barkley to go potty. So continue to go, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, you know, Barber had zero carries. He was only, he had a couple uh, receptions. He did score a touchdown, but they completely abandoned the run game. And you could see that happening if Atlanta's playing well again. So yeah, <clears throat> Jameis Winston might throw four picks. But he also might score you 18, 20 points like he did last week just out of, you know, sheer volume of passes. Um, you gotta think that there's a, a potential for, for Godwin and Evans to break out. Their Falcons defense cannot be as good as they have shown, uh, the last couple of weeks. So they're, they were way too bad in a bigger sample size the first, you know, nine games of the year or whatever. Um, they I, I am leaning toward like what you said, Chris. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. 
Um, I, I will say this is probably because, because it looks like a terrible matchup for him. This is probably the game where we get like two or three touchdowns out of, out of, uh, Brian Hill and you're just like, Oh, what just happened? You know, because the, it, it'll, it'll be one of those games where you just don't, you know, you're like, Oh, it's a terrible matchup. Bucks run defense. And then all of a sudden Brian Hill's like, ah, whatever. I'm I'll go, you know, 14 carries for 40 yards and three touchdowns or something ridiculous. And, and you know, it, it'll, It'll really skew it, but at the same time, I w- I wouldn't play him unless I had to. But again, this is you're, you're looking for a, a you know bye week replacements, um, injury replacements. I mean, he's he's definitely a guy I like. As as bad as last week was, he still had 15 carries. He still had a, three targets in the in the past game. There's no other back there that's going to take work away from him. It's going to be just a matter of can they get anything going and uh, and hopefully. Olsen. Oh yeah, well, Cadre Allison and his four carries. He might steal. I will say that Cadre Allison you know, might might steal some. God, you know, Vulture by his doppelganger. Like that's what's so annoying about. It. Like, hey, <laughs> you're the exact same running his back. Slow they, doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. They just like, hey, guess what? We recloned you in the draft, and you know, guess what? We were going to vulture you with that guy. So There's have a fun with that. Couple other things to just unravel. Last week I got too cute. With my quarterbacks, I played Winston over Josh Allen, and that bit me. And Did you say Wentz or Winston? Winston, Winston. And I was thinking because there's no Marshawn Lattimore. And, I mean, Winston was fine towards the end, but there was a point in that game when it was, like, negative points. And then Cameron Brait. Like, wh- are we taking anything away from that monster game and O.J. Howard being benched? Like, is Brait a borderline tight end one this week, or is he somebody that's just fools are, are the we- Here's the question. I'll throw it back at you, Chris. Are you taking anything away from Cameron Brace's good game earlier this year? Uh, that he'll show up in week 11. <laughs> so, he's, he's the Will Fuller of tight ends. Well, here, I'll put you, I'll, I'll tell you my initial rankings this week. Number 20, Darren Waller. I mean, he's back. That's with John o. Smith because I don't think it's Walker, oh, Walker. or Del- Walker, Delaney yeah. Walker. I meant Delaney to say. Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Darren Fells, Tyler Eifert, then Cameron Brate. At 23, because at 25, I have O.J. Howard. <laughs> okay, so fool's gold. You're not. I'm not, no. Not and then you know I hate Tyler Eifert. Yeah. So, I'm actually kind of surprised. What does that tell you? I just don't want to try. <laughs> I, look, to be honest with you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them found the end zone. I mean, it's an opportunity here for it, but are you really going to? I mean, you got to be. This is the definition of, look, understand you could get a zero. If you're just going to shoot for 15 points, go for it. Yeah, well, you know what? I play quite a bit of fantasy, so I'm in some desperate spots. I mean, Gerald Everett, <laughs> Gerald Everett, Doyle, these guys putting I'm up zeros. I didn't get Hollister. I've dabbled with my friends. <laughs> I didn't get Noah Fant. I didn't get Ryan Griffin. I may have to roll out this guy in Cameron Bright. So uh, just wanted to bring him up. I, I sprinkle it into my free time. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of fantasy. I'm in some tough spots, guys. We were talking a couple weeks ago. You should have seen the wideouts I was rolling out. I wasn't just asking, you know, about Ted Ginn for shits and giggles. <laughs> Jeeves, bring me the brie. I need to play some more fantasy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Real quick, do you, you might yeah. need to edit that out, Chris. <laughs> no. we, do we got to put the explicit lyrics logo on it? Absolutely not. <laughs> And yeah, at the athletic, play. that's the best thing about no. these podcasts. No offense no. out there, no, Orlando just there. get offended. These guys dropping f bombs all the time. Oh, that is true. They used to like f bombs. I, I I think it's more so like waiting for iTunes to be like, wait, what's going on over here? <laughs> Broncos at Buffalo. Two. This is where the terrible matchups start. For so here's the twofold question. One is, 
is it now too late? Because you should have done it last week, and everybody's out there. Well, I don't, I want to look at that great game Josh Allen had. Look at that great game John Brown had. It's too late to trade now because everybody knows the exact same thing everybody else knows is you don't want Buffalo down the stretch. Is it really? This is the first question. Is it really that bad for Josh Allen, given his rushing upside? One, Chris, and then two on Denver's side of the ball. Pick one of the running backs. Is it Phil? I mean, are we just to the point where, like Philip Lindsay and like Royce Freeman's almost benchable? Uh, yeah, I, I've always leaned Lindsay anyways, so yeah, I will lean him right now in this matchup. And I don't think it's that bad with Josh Allen. I still think because of his rushing upside that he's a QB1. He's a low-end QB1. He's going to do a whole lot for you. It's just looking at some stats. I mean, the last seven weeks, Allen, you know, 14 touchdowns, four, pa- or four rushing, 10 passing, one interception, a QBR of 96. Tom Brady, Seven passing touchdowns, two rushing, four picks, one fumble, QBR uh, 85. I mean, Allen has just done enough on the ground to just be okay in fantasy. And last week he hit a ceiling for maybe that was the first time all year he's really hit a ceiling. And, yeah, it came against Miami, but he just calls his number so much. You figure he's going to throw one touchdown. Maybe he runs one in. And if he doesn't run one in, he's going to get about 40 yards. It's like starting with a touchdown. So I I feel like – it. Worst case, this guy has 17 fantasy points. It's not bad for the quarterback position. Again, we had this conversation like him, Carson Wentz. I think we're all in the same mindset here. We'd rather just take the floor in Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Go, I mean, you mentioned it. His his floor is probably around 17 points, but his ceiling is 40. And and there's you know there's always the chance that just like the second half last week where you know the Broncos were completely shutting down the Vikings, then all of a sudden out of nowhere the Vikings just torch him in the second half. And there, there's that possibility. I, I granted, Josh Allen, I, I don't think is quite as good of a thrower as as Kirk Cousins, but at the same time, it, they're they're not predicated on him throwing to move the ball. And he was pretty efficient last week, twenty one of thirty three. That's a pretty good ratio. And if he can just keep that same ratio, or, or even if the the downfield targets aren't there, we don't need him to account for four touchdowns like he did last week. But you look back, going back all the way to week five, every game that he's played, he's accounted for at least two touchdowns in some fashion. Sometimes passing, sometimes running, uh, sometimes a mixture. And I, you know, I, I'll take that out of my quarterback any week, especially, you know, like we said in this week with four, four legit starting quarterbacks on bye weeks, you know, there's a, there's a chance that you need to reach to Josh Allen and, and I'll take that, I'll take the high floor with the, the high ceiling as well. Start both wideouts too. I would start Brown. I'd start Sutton. Even in tough spots, I'd I'd play them. Mm. I mean, Devontae Parker was pretty decent last week against White. He was. Uh, Uh, It wasn't till late. It doesn't matter when it was. It was. It it matters. He did show up. And um, Sutton, they just get involved. Like he threw a pass last week. They just end arounds. Like they just find a way to to get him involved. So I'm not. No, look, I have Cortland Sutton as a wide receiver too, but I have John Brown as a high end wide receiver three at this point. Yeah, but that's that's startable. You're playing him. No, it certainly is, but it might not be for everybody. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's in ten team leagues, eighteen. Yeah, leagues but he's also there. one seventy-five yard touchdown away from being a wide receiver one too, which is possible. Yeah, but I'm not ch- I'm not chasing the one big play every single now. We're talking to Sean Jackson, so I mean, four all right. catches and fifty Giants. We got to get through these games quicker. Come on, <laughs> stop walking the dog. Uh, what are you talking about, walking dog? Did I stop the show at all? No, I was back because you guys talked forever before we even got to the next game. I didn't know where yeah. you were. Giants yeah. at Bears. Uh, Giants. Next. Yeah, well, hey, look, we do have a question here. If Sterling Shepard plays, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, how do you feel about them and Darius Slayton now off the radar, Brad? Question mark. Uh, I, 
I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily call Slayton off the radar just because he's got some touchdown upside. Um, at the same time, like I, I don't feel confident against uh, about any of them. I mean, these guys. It's a pretty good Bears defense, even as bad as their offense is. It's still a, you know they still have a ton of talent there. Um, you know what? Evan Ingram is the guy that I I really want to watch and see if he's back this week because if he's back, I think it changes. It opens up everything else for the wide receivers. Uh, from from a standpoint of their. They can't just shut those guys down, um, you know. And if he comes back, it, it it changes how the how they have to play the the middle of the field. I think it opens up the outside a little bit, and all those guys become relevant again. I, I do think there's a really good chance that that the Giants, um, you know, sc- score a decent amount in this game. As as silly as it sounds, maybe um, I just don't trust the Bears at all. I, I think you know Trubisky's guaranteed to put the the Giants in some really good field position a couple times, and and. You know, I, I hopefully, hopefully Barkley's back. Hopefully he's healthy after the bye week um, because that, you know, opens up the passing game a lot more too with him out of the backfield. Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't start Shepard even if he's healthy and he's practicing full all week. I just, I wouldn't do it just because I just feel it's too risky. I, I don't know. One shot, he could, he could come out. Maybe he's limited. Maybe they have a, a pitch count for him. So I wouldn't go there. I would start Tate. If Ingram plays, you got to play him. You're playing Barkley, obviously, as well. And Darius, yeah, I guess he takes a slight hit, but I do agree he's got some touchdown upside. Um, maybe more of just a flex guy this week. Fair side of things. Chase Daniels at quarterback. One thing, the Giants, DeAndre Baker, continues to be one of the worst corners in the NFL, and I think that makes Taylor Gabriel a sneaky play, but here's the problem, Chris. Taylor Gabriel missed both games that Chase Daniel plays. So we don't really have an example of Chase Daniel and Taylor Gabriel together, and I say that assuming it sounds like no Mitch Trubisky with that mysterious injury. But do we like Taylor Gabriel? Because Janoris Jenkins is going to be focused on Allen Robinson. Al, Anthony Miller of the slot, Taylor Gabriel, gets to spend the rest of his day exploiting everybody that's not named Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, tough spot. Like I said on Monday, I mean, if you're an Allen Robinson owner, you do want Chase Daniel throwing the football. I, I think it's... You know, I think it's good news for Tariq Cohen. Uh, I think, you know, maybe he'll just catch a few few balls out of the backfield. I don't know, maybe a flex PPR. I'm not feeling this Bears offense at all. It's it's basically like Allen Robinson. No, just, you're done with David Montgomery again? Just move on. Um, yeah, I mean. I feel like you've broken up with him six times this year. Yeah, did I ever get back with him? I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, you did. You did. We had the whole conversation on the show, and you're like, it's good. You know, it's like, it was a good thing you didn't trade him to me. And you're like, yeah, well, we, we had that conversation. Maybe those back-to-back weeks. You just yeah. need to get married to David or just like. Let him go, dude. Like, come on, pick one. I can't wait. Like, I've I've bought him low in a dynasty league, and I'm super pumped. I suggest everyone does it too. I think this is going to be a completely different team next year. There's no way they're going to have Mitch Trubisky under center, <laughs> Russ and Rachel. Um, so it'll end good uh, between Dave Montgomery and I. So um, I don't know against the Giants. Chris sure. is going to be sitting but, there week 16. Brad will be like, did she get off the plane? Did she get off the plane? And Dave Montgomery's going to bust <laughs> through the door. I got off the plane. I got off the plane. Um. Yeah, but Tariq Cohen has had some decent games with Chase Daniel before in the past, dated back to last year, week week four and five. I think he caught a couple balls out of the backfield from him. So, I don't know. If you're looking for a back, as plug in as a flex in PPR leagues. He, and, well, hold right. on. <laughs> you, know who the, you know who the Bears have in week 16? I think Brad knows. The Chiefs. He should get off the plane. He's going to win the championship <laughs> for everybody. Oh, baby. Going to run all over yeah. the Chiefs. Chris Brad can we move on to the next game (laughs) please (laughs) alright then I'll give you Cleveland and Miami so this is 
is it time to Brad? Is it time to jump back on board with everybody on the Browns? Odell Beckham, Baker, maybe, like we know Nick Chubb, we know what Kareem Hunt's already turned into is kind of like a James White, maybe with a little bit more upside. We know Jarvis Landry, the revenge game, Jarvis Landry, and all. But I mean, the Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield is the biggest question here. Uh yeah, and and the me the reason to me is the schedule down the stretch. I mean, we they got Miami this week. The Steelers are a little bit of a tough matchup next week, but then they got the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Ravens. Uh, Bengals and Cardinals are definitely, you know, teams you want to go, go against from a fantasy standpoint. So yeah, <clears throat> if you can get these guys cheap, you can pick them up off the waiver wire, grab them because there's going to be some matchups that you want to exploit down the stretch. And, and this week is one of them. Plus the, it sounds like, you know, David Njoku is practicing today. He's been designated to return. There's a chance that he plays this weekend. I don't know what his complement of, of plays would be, you know, if he, if he's active this weekend. Uh, but it's possible that having having him in the middle of the field is is definitely going to be better than you know Demetrius Harris or Ricky Seals Jones or Steven Carlson, whoever whatever other tight ends they're running out there. So um, yeah, it's I I'm I'm buying into this offense. They're using Kareem Hunt a ton out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, you know Nick Chubb is a stud running back. Yeah, when you've got these matchups coming up, buy into all of them. Imagine if Cleveland loses this game. Oh man, my goodness. <laughs> but this is, this is why we were telling everybody to buy everyone that you could. Chubb, Baker, uh, Stash Baker, if you can. This is, these are the matchups. Uh, maybe not next week against Pittsburgh, but Cincy, Arizona, like decent spots. Odell, 10th in targets, not converting much of them. Top 10 in air yards. I mean, even last week watching that game, it looked like he was going to find the end zone, then he was down at the one. It just, Things have not worked out for him. This is a this is a good spot, and Landry has just been really good lately. And I think a lot of it has to do with just because of the top corner has been on Odell, and Landry's just has has been eating. He's got forty targets in his last four games. So I don't know if I'd go there with Njoku again. I don't like to roll the dice on on someone like that coming back, but it is good news for for Baker. And on the other side, I mean Parker. I guess that's it. That's absolutely it. Uh, Parker's a must start, in my opinion, at yeah. this point. Absolutely. I, to yeah. be honest with you, to go back to what we were talking about before, rest of the way, Parker over John Brown. Yeah, I would agree. Matchups, matchups are nice. And Parker's just been really good. We've waited forever for this. He's, and nobody seems to be talking about it because they just threw him out the window last year. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I put and even, even in the tough matchups, he's been relevant. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I was going to say, I put David Njoko as a top 15 tight end, but it's more the state, the landscape of tight ends than anything. I think that you got to plug him out. It's kind of like Evan Ingram. If Evan Ingram's playing, yes. you're, considering him a top 10 tight end and despite he hasn't even been that great this season it's just the, we're talking about i'm looking at my rankings right now and inside the top 15 is everett not knowing he's if he's 100 percent vance mcdonald in a matchup no offense now near the top 10 no freaking fan number two tight end on his team dallas goddard is in the top 10 like this is what we're talking about for tight ends right now it's weak where's cameron Bray? Uh, we're talking, yeah, we're and and wait, how wait. how does Mike Gesicki not step up at this point? Whenever you know they lose their top, I'm their top done option. hoping for Mike I'm done hoping for him yeah, next year. I'm just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> enough enough of you and your nonsense, Mike Gesicki. How about Jared Cook? No, uh, we're not doing this. So Jared Cook, like, okay, this is gonna be the week because everybody's finally like, all right, we can trust him again. No, you can't. This is when Jared Cook goes belly up and you're left there holding the bag. But the Saints, the so Chris. Latavius Murray, can you even start him? Like, this is, and I only bring him up because nobody wants to start Latavius Murray. But Latavius Murray, we've seen the potential. However, the use this year isn't Mark Ingram use. When Alvin Kamara's been healthy, he's almost been non-existent. We're talking 25, maybe 30% of the snaps. Like, very, very low number. So, 
is this a situation now where he's not even, would you rather put it this way? I'll give you one. Would you rather start Latavius Murray or a Jonathan Williams or Jordan Wilkins, whichever one, like basically those three. Yeah. Um, I would rather start Jonathan Williams. I don't, again, I don't, I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really feeling Wilkins. Um, I think I may just take the 10 touches from Latavius against the Carolina run defense that maybe he just runs one in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really sticky with Latavius because you're right. It's, it's Alvin Kamara. I mean, he only had three more carries in him last week, but he was just super, he was just way more productive, involved again in the past game, 10 targets. Uh, you know, Latavius comes away with 13 opportunities. If he comes away with 13 opportunities against Carolina, maybe I'll take that, but it's, it's really tough. I mean, I would really just try to find other options. A lot of questions about Latavius. Should I drop him? I, I think, even still what we've said all year. You're right, Jake. Absolutely right. It hasn't been the same as Ingram and Kamara of last year. And I thought maybe it'd be close. Just it hasn't been. We haven't seen these guys really together at the same time fully healthy either, uh, including with Drew Brees under center. But I think you still hold him just in case. You never know. We've already seen now what Murray is like without Alvin Kamara. Who knows if it get, you get into week 15, 16, injuries happen. Latavius could be a, you know an RB2. So if you can afford to stash him, you're in a good spot. Uh, do it, but yeah, I would start Williams, Jonathan Williams over him. I would, I would start Jonathan Williams over him. I would not start um, Jordan Wilkins over him. I would start Latavius Murray over Jordan Wilkins because I, I do think last week Murray had forty one percent snap share. Like, I mean, when he's approaching fifty percent in a game that that they were up pretty handily, there's a chance this week if Kyle Allen shows up like he did last week, there's a chance this week that this is another similar game flow. They're going to try to keep Alvin Kamara healthy. It could be Latavius Murray, you know, almost by himself in the second half. You know, kind of like the, the the Tony Pollard game against Miami earlier this year where he ran for 100 yards solely because they were up by a whole lot. I could see a big game out of Murray this weekend just because I there's a chance that this is a blowout game in, in New Orleans. Um I, I, I'm okay playing him if you're, if you're desperate. I, I will say that. I, I would rather play him than Jordan Wilkins coming off an injury uh, when, when we haven't seen him for several weeks. Is there a potential here that I think this could be a bounce back game for Kyle Allen? I'm not talking about, oh, there'll be no turnovers and he'll throw for 500 yards. <laughs> but, you know, is Marshawn Lattimore even out there? If he is, I'm still kind of okay with Kyle Allen. I know it's a nice spot. The turnovers looked terrible last week. He looked terrible last week, but this is the same guy that you look. We've had in this conversation on the show, done on many other shows. I'm saying this because this is coming from the person who continually said it's Cam Newton's job when Cam Newton's healthy. No question in my mind. And that included next year. Until Cam Newton's not on this team anymore, it's Cam Newton's job. And so that's coming from me saying this, Chris, saying I think Kyle Allen can do better than what we saw. We saw him do better. I think this is an opportunity where maybe him, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, you know, might be some value in leagues, especially, and I know we're doing a DFS show later this week, but just the fact that like everybody's panicking and running for the other direction when it comes to this. Yeah. Um, and he will be interesting in DFS because there's a lot of people who played him last week and he had the four pick game. So, I mean, if you're looking to be contrarian that way and just get a quarterback that nobody is on, it's probably Kyle Allen. And if the Saints do have their way with the Panthers, he may have to throw the ball again 50 times. He's thrown it 93 times over the last two weeks, but he only has three touchdowns in his last four games. And over that span, he has nine picks. So he just has not looked good. I, I would absolutely not start him. You're in two quarterback leagues. I would, I would much rather start. Carr, Darnold, um, I wouldn't go as far as Fitzpatrick, but maybe Allen, just the fact that he's going to throw a ton. And he does have some weapons. He's surrounded by some pretty talented pass catchers, but I'm I'm not into him. I'd be shocked if he has, like, three touchdowns in this game. 
Yeah, and I I am completely the other on the other side of it because I think the Saints the Saints defense is better even without Marshawn Lattimore. Um, the Saints have shown over the for the most part all season a pretty good defense, and so um, I and especially being at home, um, I I think. You know, there is going to be a tough game for Christian McCaffrey unless they're just using him a ton in the passing game like they did last week because, it, you know, teams have trouble running on the Saints. I do Every think they're week? going to put – Yeah, I, I do think – well, right, right, right. I'm not – I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it could be like one of those games like the first game against the Buccaneers where, you know, if even with six targets, McCaffrey scored seven points, you know, in fantasy. So it's it's possible that that – you know, they do find a way to shut him down because I'm, after last week, I, if I'm the Saints defense, I'm going to do everything I can to take McCaffrey away and I'm going to try to force the other guys to beat me. And granted that, you know, it, it lends itself to some pretty good volume for DJ Moore with the 15 targets last week, even Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson. I just don't think, I, I don't trust Kyle Allen. I think he's in a funk right now. The last, you know, Chris mentioned it, the last four games, he's been pretty bad. And, you know, the, the only even decent game, uh, I, I guess you could say, you know, 307, one and one against the Packers. He had a 232, two and one. Like he, at that point, he's completely touchdown dependent and he's, he's shown us games where he has a zero touchdown floor. So, um, I, I am off Kyle Allen completely. I don't like anybody on the, the Panthers offense this week. Uh, you know, outside, obviously you have to play McCaffrey and more, but I wouldn't play anybody else. <laughs> so your point for all of that, my number one defense for the week right in front of the Steelers is the Saints. Yeah, and like that. It's, it's a great one matchup. Of the, one of the first comments I got, have you not seen the Panthers put up 30-plus points in multiple games this season? What are you thinking, <laughs> idiot? I added have, the idiot. But have you, you must, not I mean, seen them exactly. put up three points against the Falcons last yeah. week? Kyle have, I, have I not watched football this entire year? I am stupid. I pull names out. Actually, Barkley's been making the picks for me, and I'm, that's why I'm number six overall is because she's really good at it. Oakland. But thank you for subscribing, whoever that was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for subscribing. Uh, Oakland at New York, New Jersey. So the Oakland Raiders, it's, it's, I think, Chris, Brad, we're at the point now. We know what the Raiders are. It's four people. And the fourth person, maybe, is not Tyrell. Uh, that's the question I was. We know it's Derek Carr if you need a quarterback. He's been better than people realize. We know it's Josh Jacobs. We know it's Darren Waller. The, maybe it seems now that Hunter Renfro's pushing Tyrell Williams for value, Chris. But here's the question I have and what the concern is, and this is what I even mentioned in the columns this week and even on Pat Mayo's show, is even with Renfro's production, he's still seen almost half the snaps that Zay Jones is. Not that Zay Jones is a factor because he's not, but that's a lot of production for 25 to 30 snaps a week. Yeah, I've been starting Hunter Renfro again. A lot of fantasy. Some desperate times out there. I've been playing this guy and Jeez. I've been fine. And I've been fine with what he's, what he's done. Four or five grabs. I mean, five catches last week for, for Hunter Renfro. You have to go all the way back to week two where Tyrell Williams had five catches in a game. It's been three. It was three for five straight and he had four last week. Uh, I know early on in the season he was getting those targets and getting those grabs and finding the end zone and we knew that that he wasn't going to be able to keep that up but it's been four or five targets three catches for Williams I mean they're they're very close very similar I think even though Renfro has been involved in the red zone I still think if you're looking for the upside for a touchdown and the ceiling it's it's higher with Tyrell Williams but I think both of those guys are in play. I like this game a lot from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, you can go with the Jets or Brad can go with the Jets, but I, I think there's a lot to like from here. I think there could be 40 points. 
<laughs> just trying to spread the show. I mean, we still have a few no, games no, no. to talk about. Oh, you meant like talk about the Jets. So yeah, like, like, no, I don't want to pick the Jets. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I take I it away. You're on the Jets. Oh, you don't like yeah, the Jets? So Come on. This is a really good matchup for the Jets and Sam Darnold in particular. I've got Darnold as a top six quarterback this week. Um, just because the, the Raiders defense, pass oh, defense is atrocious. Bet. This is a huge. What's that? We're betting. We're betting. A dollar? Continue. We're okay. betting. Yeah. No, we're oh, no, 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 betting. top six. No, I'll tell you why afterwards. I'll let you go. Go ahead. I'm not gonna. Go okay. Ahead. So I, 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 and the the Jets have the number one run defense. So this is actually a week where I'm, you know, despite the all the bye week issues that people might have, I'm not really into Josh Jacobs this week. Surprise, Back surprise. I know, but oh, wow. but. It, it's, I do think this is a week that they're going to have to pass to beat the Jets. That's, that's how you beat the Jets. It's not, you know, they're literally the number one run defense or, you know, defense against running backs in fantasy. So, um, I, I like Darnold. Darnold's had a pretty good couple weeks as, as bad as he's looked on a couple individual throws. 293 and four touchdowns last week, 230 and a touchdown the week before. He's starting to get in a pretty good rhythm and this is a great matchup. So yeah, give me Darnold, give me give me a couple of the Jets receivers. Give me Ryan Griffin as a tight end if you need him. Absolutely. Uh, Jamison Crowder for sure. I'd even, you know, play De- Demarius Thomas this week. Nope, 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 nope. Dollar bet a thousand times over, but Sam immediate was like people were like, Oh, you hate Sam Darnold. I'm like, no. I understand who Sam Darnold is in one damn game against the Redskins this year where he's looked good. The game against the Giants, he didn't look good. If you look at his fantasy performance, everybody's like, oh, he scored. No, it's a rushing touchdown, which Sam Darnold's not going to do. He actually had a mediocre game for facing the Giants, who he should have obliterated as much as he did the Redskins. Here's what I was going to say, but this is the biggest thing. It's not even the Sam Darnold. This is where I completely disagree with you, Brad, and this will be telling. We'll put the dollar bet on it. That's fine. Is the We talk about the Falcons. The last two games for the Raiders, 10 sacks. 11 tackles, no, 13 tackles for a loss, 19 pass deflections, and 17 quarterback hits. They have turned the corner mostly because of, I'll get, hey, look, credit to my buddy who's here, who's a Raiders fan, is in town. He was telling me about the guy before the game, Max Crosby, who had four sacks this last game. This kid's coming on. He's like, I'm, he goes, I'm telling you, he's like going to be like JJ Watt level down the road, not even close right now, but down the road, keep an eye on this kid. And, He's so far right. He also had a half a sack and a tackle and a half for a loss in the game before against the Chargers. This Raiders defense is pressuring the hell out of the quarterback recently. The Chargers, the Bengals, and now the Jets. What do these three teams have in common? The suck. three three of the five worst offensive lines in the league. So this is where I completely disagree. I know their secondary is still vulnerable. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Brad. But I'm talking pressure in Sam Darnold's face this year. He's going to be seeing more than ghosts. He's going to be seeing those Raiders scary faces in his face all day long. <laughs> and, and and even still in in those games the you know Matt Stafford torched the Raiders even though they were getting pressure on him and, right and Matt it's, Stafford I I agree but it's <laughs> I, I do quarterback, think Matt you, last week you're talking about one of those <laughs> Thanks, games is against the Bengals like I I'm not excited about you know every defense shows up against the Bengals so I don't think you can take those numbers and say no like, oh, and that's, that's why I focused on the, the Jets no too. that's why I focused on the offensive lines right so, and, and so we'll tell. The Jets have a better we'll put, offensive line than Cincinnati. We'll put for a sure. dollar loogie on it, so put a loogie, right, on, loogie it. on a dollar. I'll tell you what, whatever. man, you're starting Jameson Crowder. That's that's for sure. I mean, this guy's getting in your lineup. I will definitely. Yeah, well, I'm still more starting Jameson Crowder. Yeah, it's the same thing. You go back to the Saints. I have the Saints as number one defense. I'm still starting DJ Moore. It's just yeah, kind right. Of the things yeah. that you run into. Uh, how about your boys, Chris Eagles? Here's where I'm going with this. <laughs> Completely different. Actually, you know what? I got two questions. I was originally going to only have one question for you. I'm going to have two. First one, let's start with the running backs. That'll be the first question. Jordan Howard, you rolling him out there in a nice matchup if he's out there? And if not, then what are you doing? 
<laughs> well, I don't know. If he doesn't play, I won't play him. Um, yeah. Not him. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was still encouraged with Sanders. We talked about this on Monday, how he's, he, you know, he's hasn't been successful running between the tackles, but he's still been involved through the air. He was most of Wentz's dropbacks. Sanders was running routes. Uh, so he was still on the field for the, the bulk of the plays. I, I do like him in a game where Seattle's probably going to be a little bit more efficient offensively than New England last week. So we could get a few more targets into the backfield from Sanders. But I would play Howard if he played as well. He's been fine. He's been pretty consistent as well. It's almost like Carlos Hyde-like is just hasn't been as productive and efficient, but he's he started trending up midway through the year and he's definitely the goal line back you saw when Philadelphia was in the red zone they were struggling to pound it in and that that's because Jordan Howard if he was there he would have you know got the ball and maybe ran that in but man there's a lot of question marks with this Eagles offense if you don't have to start any of them don't yeah I, I would agree it's there isn't anybody that you can trust I mean you roll out Ertz um, for sure and it's you feel like it's a pretty good matchup Seattle's not been very good uh, defensively this year 27th in fantasy points against the against the pass so um, I'm you know this game has has potential for a shootout obviously we we you know from from that standpoint we really would like to see Alshon Jeffrey back just to help out the the Eagles you know receiving a little receiving game a little bit help out Carson Wentz a little bit um, Jordan Howard back would be nice too. I think it gives their offense a little more balance and, and allows them to, to be a little more creative with Sanders right now when, while he's still kind of figuring the NFL out. So, uh, I, I'm okay playing these guys. I, I'm not excited about it, but, um, you know, obviously Ertz is the only guy in the passing game that I definitely want to roll out there. I'd probably roll out Goddard too, uh, if I was desperate at tight end just because, uh, like for instance, I'm in a league, uh, I've got George Kittle. And Dallas Goddard, well, Kittle's in the late game on Sunday, and I don't know if he's going to be active unless they announce it earlier. And so there's a chance that I'm going to play Goddard just to make sure I get some points at tight end. Yeah, it's three, five straight games, at least three catches. It's not it's not crazy good, but again, from the tight end position, he's at least not giving you zeros, and he's got three, four touchdowns, or three touchdowns, rather, in the, over that span. So it's it's a better than putting out those zeros like Everett and Doyle. All right, and so OJ. here's the other question for you, Chris. Carson Wentz, droppable question mark I mean, I mean i would rather start josh allen and his schedule over carson wentz the rest of the way and this is coming from somebody that wanted people to buy low on carson wentz because the schedule is glorious yeah well we but, had this exact conversation on monday did we not right I mean, that we we paired those not, two together every, yeah and i'm and still in agreement. I'm bringing it back okay i'm just bringing it back up because not everybody listens to every show no, i'm just talking doing? i'm just no i'm ing- i'm agreeing with you Absolutely. I'm sorry everybody doesn't dabble in fantasy a lot like you. <laughs> well, I'm sure they do. So as, as we're talking, reports coming out of Philly, Jordan Howard has still not been cleared for contact, and Alshon Jeffrey is going to run today. He's going to practice on a limited basis, yeah. so there's watch a chance to get him off. back, but it's not looking good for Jordan Howard for this week. No, I'm surprised his total's at 50. I don't see this as a shootout, actually. And no Lane Johnson. Well, keep an eye on that. I'm surprised the totals at 50 with a close spread. Right. I'll say that. I could see, I could see Seattle being a, you know, a touchdown favorite and getting close to 50. 34 to 17. I mean, that's a hell of a number that feels like even high for, but all right. So Seattle, there's only one question I have for you guys. Jacob Hollister tight end one because Luke Wilson and Ed Dixon are both returning for a team that now also has Josh Gordon as their third wide receiver. So 
was the Hollister train, is it over, Chris, or are you still on it? Yeah, I'm still on it. I, I think r- there's enough there from Russell Wilson over the past couple of years that he's just made these average tight ends startable in fantasy. So I, I think he's still going to look his way, and even in the red zone too. Like Josh Gordon could be a red zone threat. We know DK Metcalf has been one as well, but he's also looked Hollister's way quite often. So I would I would definitely start him against the Eagles, 100%. Yep, I agree. Okay. Let's move on to the next game. By the way, Heath Cummings of CBS just tweeted this out. Just haven't seen my timeline. You guys want to guess the low reception total for Curtis Samuel this year? Three? Quickly. Yeah. Chris? Two. All right. Brad wins with three. Do you want to guess the high? Eleven. Seven. (laughs) Brad? No. Both of you. Way off. Five. Three, five, five, three, three, four, four, three, four, four. Jeez, I thought he had one solid double-digit catch game, but. He had a game where he scored two touchdowns, and one of them was rushing, I think. Um, I don't yeah. if I'm remembering right. So. Carter Samuel, definition of mediocre consistency. <laughs> you know, unless he gets that big play. Uh, speaking of mediocre, Detroit and Washington. Woo! Woo! This is going to be a fun game to watch, guys. <laughs> Bo Scarborough, top 20 running back, question mark, Brad. Yes. Chris. <laughs> sure. Yeah, top 20. <laughs> Borderline, man. I, I think I have him at like 22. I get, it's just that Matt All right, Patricia hold on. Lions, we'll we'll right? do this like, we'll do this serpentine here. You get to get the follow-up question then. Brian Hill or Bo Scarborough? Bo. Brian Hill. Really? Jeez, you got Brian Hill as a top 20 back. Yeah. I, I told, I told Chris, but like, I, I don't, I don't I was think listening. he's, I still the, have the biggest thing is I think he's, he's the guy there. There's no one else there to take stuff away from him. Assuming, you know, Freeman's not back this I'll week t- or whatever. Yeah, I'll take 14 touches of Bo over 20 of Brian Hill in these matchups. That's fair. I don't know that Bo gets 14 touches uh, again this week, but there's a chance that. I, I guess Sorry to backtrack, but as we're doing this, one minute ago, Lane Johnson's still in the concussion protocol, Chris, mm. to that point. That's why I was saying I don't think we got Lane Johnson. Yeah, you don't get any uh, Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge piece. All right, so let's talk about the Redskins side of this. Darius Geis starting – are you starting Darius Geis over Adrian Peterson, Brad? Yes. Yeah, I am There's as well. Too, too much big play potential. I am as well. Yeah, it's a sticky situation, but I think eventually they're going to turn the page to him and just see what they have and, and give him like near 20 touches a game. This is a good spot for him too. All right, then, Chris, how concerned are you of Terry McLaurin versus Darius Slay? Yeah, I'm concerned with that. Absolutely. We should be. Haskins has not, he hasn't looked good. Darius Slay's, uh, he's a boss. So I think what McLaurin's been doing, five to eight fantasy points, I think that's fine. We know he has a higher ceiling, but that's what I would expect. I mean, four or five grabs for 50, 60 yards would be, you'd walk away Brad? pretty happy. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a little concerned, but I still roll McLaurin out there. Um, I'm, I'm having to in, a, in another week this, uh, or another league this week where I've got, Listen to my receivers. This is a dynasty league. I've got Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> Deontay Johnson, Tyreek Hill, and Christian Kirk are four of my receivers. I can't play any of those guys this week, so I'm rolling McLaurin out there and and just hoping that there, you know, that connection shows up at some point between him and Haskins. I would start Driscoll over Kyle Allen. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeff Driscoll's yeah. a QB one. Yeah, I like yeah, his, I, I like his rushing floor. upside yep. too. Lock and load. He's Josh Allen. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Not you guys. And just in general. Like, he's Josh Allen. Take the name off the jersey. Josh Allen. Boom. That's who's playing for him. He may be a better passer than Josh Allen. Yeah, and he's got better weapons. That's for sure. So, uh, back to you. I like this serpentine thing. Brad, in the same game, last question. Kelvin Harmon. Sneaky start if you're needy this week? Yeah, for sure. He's, 
I, I mentioned on Monday, he, he is a, a wide receiver to own, especially in a dynasty league or a keeper league going forward, uh, depending on how many keepers you get, because that they're starting to work him into this more, you know, a little more every week. He's a really good athlete. He's starting to kind of figure it out and there's no one there to, to push him at all. I mean, there, you have no other, I mean, he's better than Paul Richardson. I'll tell you that if that's your other option on the other side. <laughs> Well, Chris, you missed it because you were on your 17 vacations and when we did the DFS show, but I said, smash Michael Gallup because smash number twos against the Lions this year. So can we get you, we're we going to full on board. Yeah. The, the throwback is on board with Kelvin Harmon. Oh baby, let's go. 0% owned in Yahoo leagues and I own him in a league. So yeah. Well, that's because you him. dabble so that's much. That's right. I play a lot of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, five catches, 53 yards, six targets. I mean, that's a positive, right? I, I think he could maybe do that and more this week. You know what's funny, Brad? Like, well, Chris is one of my favorite people because I can never tell if he's getting kind of annoyed with the joking. <laughs> I don't get annoyed with much, to be honest he, with you. Like, until we get the text messages <laughs> after the show. Like, why did you be so hard on me? <laughs> I think, honestly, the only time I ever got annoyed with you guys was the whole Carlos Hyde thing. And it was I didn't and I couldn't tell through text if you guys were just like chirping me about <laughs> oh like oh you you don't not gonna with numbers up there in Canada like what's wrong and Jake just tosses out the wrong you're wrong you're wrong and it's just like what are these guys effing with me like what is going on here <laughs> you're crazy I'll, if you think Carlos I'll, Hyde's gonna get I'll, more I'll, touches I'll, than I'll 100% two. tell you this like I, I was purposely trying to get you upset because I've never seen a fully raged out well Chris it worked I was straight. driving home from the country and I was like with the phone with the my girlfriend was reading the text and I was telling her like say this and she was like and she was just like no chris be nice like you can't I, i'm not yeah, texting she, it out like that she was editing your text you tell her what to say <laughs> and then she was sending something really nice yeah it's like like that's not chris so that yeah. makes me so happy uh, all right so, oh well all right Harman brad jacksonville at tennessee so here's the scenario i'm going to paint out because i'm just going to tell you for the people that haven't read i'm going to pull this straight from the sleeper section of my rankings column and this is why i think dd westbrook is sneaky opportunity this week. Yes, we mentioned on the waiver show that he played behind Chris Conley. It wasn't a lot of snaps, but Chris Conley was clearly the number two. Chris Conley was used as the number two. However, Westbrook was out there plenty. Westbrook is the slot option. And you want to know who's been the most abysmal slot corner in all the NFL? Hey, Logan Ryan of the Tennessee Titans, who's giving up over the past five weeks, 2.3 yards per snap. The next closest is 1.88. That's wow. the wow. gap. It's huge. He's been god awful, Brad. D.D. Westbrook, sneaky play this week, question mark. Yeah, sneaky for sure. I, I see him like if you're in a three-receiver league, I've got him as a flex play at that point. So, um, Well, I have him I, in I the high they're... 40s, so it's not like I just <laughs> – Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not it's, a must I mean, start. If you're, if you're desperate, you know, you got some bye week issues or injury issues, then, yeah, you could roll him out there and – and just hope that, you know, he, he, he's touchdown dependent though. So, and, and right now when they get to the red zone or, or even close to the red zone, they're just chucking it up to DJ Chark and letting him make a play. So he's going to have to, to break something, I, I think, for, for that to become into play. But yeah, you can throw him out there. He's better than a lot of other options. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I, I think I like Conley slightly more, but I think both of those guys are in play on a, on a week like this where there's some big time wideouts who are, who are sitting out. So yeah. You're with him? Would you still start Chris Conley over him, or for this one week is it a matchup option? No, I'd do you feel Conley. like we're gonna? I think I, would, I, think I, I, I would Conley, Conley in the top thirty-six. Yeah, I have Conley a couple spots ahead of of DD. 
Uh, I think there's a slightly higher ceiling with Conley, maybe some bigger plays downfield, um, maybe a better option in the red zone for Nick Foles. So uh, slightly ahead of him, but both of these guys, I think, if you're playing them as flex, um, you're in a good spot. All right, so Tennessee side of things, I mean, this is Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. We don't want anything else, question mark, Chris. I mean, do you want to even mess around with A.J. Brown and your boy, Corey Davis? Yeah, I don't know if I can get involved with Corey Davis, um, but even A.J. Brown, you know, against the Chiefs, I mean, maybe Brad could speak to that, but he wasn't involved at all against Kansas City, and I thought that he would be. And there was a game where they were playing from behind towards the end of it, and he had one catch for 17 yards. There was no Delaney Walker in that game. I mean, Adam Humphreys only had the one grab, and it was at the very end. Of, I think it was the game-winning touchdown. So it's like, who is Tannehill even throwing the ball to? So the I'm I'm off of everybody in this offense besides him. <laughs> yeah, everybody. I, I, they they, <laughs> couldn't, they literally outside of Derrick Henry when they didn't use Derrick Henry, the Titans couldn't move the ball in that game. They had a couple of flute plays, you know, that it was just kind of like, you know, chuck it up and and a guy makes a play or whatever. You know, Khalif Raymond grabbed one catch for 52 yards. So hey, that's it, a it's, former it's, Giant. Don't you don't disrespect that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which tells you all you need to know about the Tennessee wide receiving core if they're digging into former Giants to to fill it out. So no, I I don't. I, I'm with Chris. I don't like anybody in the in the pass offense. I roll John New Smith out there if I if I need a tight end. Um, but but that's. You know, kind of a desperation play because I'm not confident with any of them. Geez, Raymond led the t- led all wideouts in receiving yards in that game. Yeah, yeah. On one play, um, yep. one catch. For yeah, one, one catch. <laughs> what it comes down to. All right, Cowboys at New England. By the way, people, there's only two games at four o'clock this week. One of them was the one we just talked about, the Jaguars and the Titans. So, if you feel yep. free to have a Sunday there where you want to do stuff in the afternoon, this might be the week. Yeah, <laughs> who wants to watch like, Dallas and New England too? Uh, no, everybody, but you can take that one with you. Like, this is the one game. You only, know, put it on your phone. This is only fans of those teams, though. No That's one watches the Patriots or the Cowboys whenever you're I'm watching it. Yeah, teams. I'll watch it, but I, like, can they both yeah. just tie or something? Okay. Can they both can they just so, tie game? Well, here's the question. This is where we have to go with this, Chris. You can't bench Amari Cooper because he's firmly put himself into that you must start every single week, no matter what questionnaire or whatever. But... The concern of going against Gilmore, the concern of Michael Gallup going against this team. I think the one with the most potential might be Randall Cobb because that's the only area where receivers have done anything. This is another one straight from the rankings column. The five best performances. I'm going to list them all for you against the or the Patriots this year. Golden Tate, Cole Beasley, Juju Smith-Schuster, John Brown, and Jarvis Landry. Where do four of those five guys line up outside of John Brown? The slot. So... How concerned are you for Cooper, Gallup, and is Cobb in play? Question mark. Are you saying that you would start Cobb over Allen Robinson? Yes. Jeez. Rewind the tape to Monday's show when you guys were all over me for that suggestion. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious. I don't know if you are. Um, I think you're onto something. Randall Cobb has has been pretty decent in this offense. Actually, I'm, I'm checking right now. Where the freaking hell is Al? Why can't I find out? No, Al Robinson's in the 20s and Randall Cobb. Though I have Randall Cobb really high compared to everybody that I've seen so far, which means everybody's rankings are going to change by Sunday <laughs> because that's what everybody does. They just go find my rankings except for Brad. Congre- Congre- hey, sidebar. Congratulations to Brad. He was the number one ranker for week 11, yes. by the way. Yes. Thank you. Well done. There you go. All right. Thanks. So. Well done. Randall Cobb at 34. I was actually lamenting about this, Chris, on Sunday with my buddies. I was like, look, this is what's so frustrating is I put my rankings out and I see the gap for expert consensus ranking. And I see like last week, some of the guys I was really high on and I see like a plus 14 and a plus 18. I get the Sunday. It's like plus two. I'm like, screw it. I get it. 
We need to hide our rankings. We're too good. <laughs> I said we, the show. Yeah. We're, we're too good. That's good. That's that's why people are hanging out with us, and we appreciate it. That's what we're here for. But, uh, yeah, Randall Cobb has been – he's been locked and loaded into my lineup for the past two weeks. Uh, he leads the, the Cowboys in red zone rushing um, targets – or red zone rushing targets. That doesn't make sense. In red zone targets <laughs> among awesome. wideouts. Yeah, he is awesome. Um, you know, you get the end around a couple times from Randall Cobb. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, seven targets, eight targets, eight targets. Last three games, back-to-back with 100. He's got – on the end zone and back-to-back games. I like Randall Cobb, and I've noticed Dak Prescott looking his way quite often. I mean, there's a reason that Dak Prescott leads the league in passing yards, and it's because he's got a pretty decent wide receiver core here. And the one thing about Zeke this year compared to last year is he flirted with 80 catches, and that's not going to happen this year because Gallup has showed up, and Randall Cobb has showed up. Heck, even Jason Witten is is coming away with three or four catches every single game. So tough matchups, especially Omari Cooper on Stephon Gilmore. That's that's a that's going to be an, a very intriguing matchup to watch. But I would kind of lean with Gilmore to win that battle. So yeah, I think Cobb is he's a wide receiver three this week, and he's available. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And and it's interesting because you talk about Zeke, and you know how we we mentioned before, how do you beat the Patriots? Is running the ball. But the Cowboys offensive line has really not played that well this year, except for teams they should absolutely dominate. And it, it, it concerns me a little bit for Zeke when he's not being used in the passing game. I've got him as a low, low running, low end running back one this week. I don't think he finishes in the top six or eight because I don't think this is a, a game flow that you're going to get to use him a lot for Dallas. I think they're going to have to pass the ball a lot and Zach's, Dak's going to have, you know, the 45 to 50 pass attempts again. And, and that just, it, it, it raises, um, raises his floor quite a bit and it lowers Zeke's ceiling quite a bit. All right. So on the flip side of the ball, is there any way you feel okay ever again with Sony Michelle, Brad? Uh, ever again, maybe, but not this year. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I don't, I don't touch, we're back to where you play James White out of this backfield and that's it. And only in a PPR because there's, there's just, their running game is terrible this year. I, and I don't even know how else to say it. Like they, they, they well, had, they dominated that <laughs> early season. Yeah. They dominated that early season schedule and now their, their offense is not moving the ball against these better teams. It's, you know, and Dallas has a decent defense. They, you know, they gave up some yards and points last week, but they have a pretty good defense. And I, yeah, I don't want anything to do with the Patriots running game at all, you know, outside of White in a PPR. Yeah, I agree with that. And even White, I mean, you can't, you can't feel all that confident with, with James White, but he, I, I probably would start him over. Yeah, I got Sony Michelle in Brad's guillotine league and he's going to ride the bench for me this week. It's, you're just basically, when you play him, you're just basically hoping for a touchdown. That's all it is. You're just hoping he finds the end zone. I mean, look at the game against the Jets. He was 19 for 42 and he found the end zone three times. He's absolutely saved your day. So no way. And all the other, there's just so many question marks I find in New England. I mean, the only guy that I feel great about is Whoa. Julian Edelman. That was the next one I was going to go to. How do you pick every single week between Sanu and Dorsett at this point? Yeah, I mean, you don't. It's 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 tough. <laughs> I mean, you got you got <laughs> no, you don't. probably you don't, play you don't them. Make the choice. You, you bench them. <laughs> I don't know. Just, like, nope. You don't have to do anything at all. Never mind. Yeah, it's I. I I would look elsewhere. I mean, Randall Cobb is a good example of if you have a, a Dorsett and a Sanu, maybe you just go, maybe you go Randall Cobb. I don't know. Like, it's hard to figure out this New England offense right now. I, I feel like it could be a shootout, but, but this Patriots offense has not looked good. They've, even against weak teams, I feel like their defense were putting them in really good spots to score points. So I'm not confident in this offense. It's just Edelman every single week. He's the, he, he may be one of the most, he is, he's probably the top five in terms of just, consistency out of wide receivers 
You know what you're getting. Yeah, and I, I, you know, Sanu, we expected a potentially a big game last week against the Eagles secondary. He did absolutely nothing. He did apparently tweak his ankle at some point during the game, and so maybe maybe that affected him because he's probably, uh, they said he's probably going to be listed as questionable on the the report for the Cowboys. I don't like any of them. Like they're they're, they, how do you go from 14 targets one week against the Ravens? to to four targets against the Eagles unless the injury played a, a lot into it but it just there isn't anybody on the, I'm still the Patriots mad about that one uh, yeah there, there's anybody outside you no, know no, no, James I'm, White I'm, had seven targets no because initially for that last week on Wednesday my first run of projections like Snoo was down at like 37 everybody's like you're an idiot blah, you see Snoo blah 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 and I let myself get talked into moving him up and adjusting his target share and that's you know what? Screw you guys. You're never helping me again. You did help me. You yeah, didn't I... know that. And you helped me in the wrong way. <laughs> You're no, off the list. But... You just made the list. <laughs> yeah, you just made the list. Yeah, James White, seven targets. Julian Edelman, ten targets. And no one else had more than, you know, I guess Dorsett had five. But Dorsett was only relevant because he scored a touchdown. From and, Julian and Edelman. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you're touchdown dependent at that point, then, you know, it's it's just not exciting. Like, Tom Brady couldn't do anything against the Eagles secondary, and that makes no sense to say that sentence. I can't believe the Eagles fell for that crap. Edelman off to the side. Like, you've seen this before, guys. <laughs> Happens every right. three games. Sunday night football is pretty easy. It's Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. If Jimmy Graham, you're going to need tight end help. I mean, Jimmy Graham's a tight end one at this point. The 49ers, pretty easy. If Jimmy Garoppolo has been on fire. You probably It's going to be hard if you need quarterback help not to play him. Manuel Sanders, if he's healthy, you play him. Debo Samuel's terrific. George Kittle's out there. If he's not, Ross Dwelly's the perfect backup. Here's the only one I think I have in this game, unless you can think of anybody else, guys, is Jamal Williams and Matt Breida's, the backups. I mean, how needy do you have to be to start either one? I think pretty needy. That's the blowers come up to my house. Good grief. Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think pretty needy. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to play any of them. Well, no, you yeah. know who you want to play. I told you. If it's a game-time decision for Matt Breida, he's top 10 running back. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't think Breida plays this week, and, and I – I disagree on the the Garoppolo side of things. I don't want anything to do with him this week because really he, his yeah look at his game log. He had six points against the Redskins, seventeen against the Panthers, twelve against the Seahawks, and then he mixed in two monster games against the Cardinals. Well, that's the Cardinals. That's not the Packers. Um, I I just I don't think he is he's not the same guy without George Kittle. If Kittle plays this week, there's a chance. But the fact that Kittle spent the last two weeks up in the the suite during the game. I think he's got a walking boot on at times, and they're they're just trying to hide it a little bit. I don't think Kittle's a, Kittle's a couple weeks away from coming back, and I don't want anything to do with Garoppolo in this matchup. Yeah, I kind of side with Brad there too. I'm not know. I'm not crazy about Jimmy either this week, but you could be in some tough spots. Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady? Ooh. Yeah. Um. I might exactly. Go, I may actually go Tom. But nope. You can tell I don't feel good about. Yeah, it. I'll go Brady in that one, but I I don't like. Nope. I, I I don't I wouldn't I don't know that I put either one of them Jeff in my top Driscoll. twelve of the week. Oh yeah, Jeff Driscoll's amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Give me Speaking Driscoll Brissett over Brissett over both of them. The epitome of amazing versus utter crap underneath the quarterback helmet. <laughs> Lamar Jackson versus Jared Goff this week. 
Look, all right, so the Ravens, this is another simple one. I, we don't need to discuss anything on the Ravens side of things. Marquise Brown, if you're going to wait that long, he was – the report – we've talked about it on Monday. The report from Diana Rossini during the pregame was that he still doesn't look 100%, warning to everybody out there, blah, blah. Uh, she kind of gave us like a hint of fantasy without saying it. So, you know, I actually moved Marquise Brown a little bit. This is a pregame report that actually held true, unlike LaShawn McCoy from weeks ago that everybody remembers and hates. So – the other side of the ball is where we have the questions because Marquise Brown, like I said, you, you decide if you want to take that risk or not. But Jared Goff, jokes aside, Brandon Cooks is back. Robert Woods doesn't sound like he's back. So it's Brandon Cooks, it's Cooper Cup, it's Josh Reynolds, Jared Leverett, who we'll find out by hopefully Sunday or at least Saturday whether or not he's near 100% and better than he was last week. But the question I have for you, Brad, first, Todd Gurley, is he back in must-start? status even against the Ravens with the use that he's been getting that's the first question so go there yes yeah you have to if he I mean if he's getting the volume he's that he got last week then you have to they the other running backs were completely non-existent it was the girly show and that was against the Bears so yeah basically the same defense as the Ravens yeah double down double down all right then Chris to you for the serpentine situation rank the Rams receivers of Cooks Cup and Reynolds I mean I would think we assume Reynolds is number three but is Cup still the number one at this point with now the intention defenses are giving? Is it is it the loss of Cooks and Woods that has been hurting Cup? Like, how would you go with those two at this point? Yeah, it's it's frustrating because I know a lot of people are frustrated with Cup, and there's a lot of questions at the Athletic. Do do I even start Cooper Cup anymore? And it's like I I just say yes. I mean, unless you're playing in the shallowest <laughs> leagues ever and you have all these other options, I, I think you just play Cup on the on the upside. I think it's good news that Cooks is going to return for him because. Jake, you, I thought you nailed it last week when we were talking about why he's been so quiet is because all these other guys have just not really been around. They haven't been able to establish the run, and teams are just opposing teams are just easily taking Cooper Cup um, out like out of the game plan. And it could very well be we've seen the Ravens do this before with with Odell. I know Tyler Boyd is not on the same page, but they completely shut him out when there was only one option. So I would still rank him one. I would actually, I think I would go Reynolds too. Um, just a little nervous Over about, Cooks? yeah, just slightly nervous about with Cooks, but it's, it's not like Cooks was even, even really doing anything when he was playing. So I, I think I would just slightly have Reynolds over Cooks. Um, but yeah, those are the three and I think you do play Cooper Cup. I just think you have to, but this is going to be, I think another game <laughs> that's very ugly for Jared Goff. To your point and Brad, and so I had a question late on Monday night and it's like, I, I got two, I got one spot. Do I still roll out Cooper Cup or Anthony Miller? And my response was just bro. <sighs> yeah. And here's the thing. Anthony Miller had one more yard than Cooper Cup, Chris. <laughs> I know. And three more Brad, catches. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Also, yes, if half a full point PPR, but like that again, it's still the bro response should just still the same. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, is no, Cooper Cup now out of the wide receiver one discussion for you? Um, no, but I, I do think you, you, you touched on this, Chris, uh, and, and, you know, reference Jake. This all, this is all about Brandon Cooks being on the field. If Brandon Cooks is on the field, Cooper Cup can be a wide receiver one because so much attention has to be paid to Brandon Cooks. Same thing if Robert Woods does come back. I don't, you know, he's dealing with a personal issue. There's nothing wrong with his health. If he comes back this week and he gets that taken care of, there's a really good chance they, this is the first time in about a month that they've had their full complement of weapons, then, I start. I have all these guys over Josh Reynolds for sure at that point, um, and I think Cooper Cup is back into the wide receiver one discussion because that's when he's at his best is when he is the second or third option, and 
he's not a in the NFL. He's not a wide receiver one. He's not a, a number one on a team with that with, that needs an alpha. He is a really, really, really good complimentary guy. Maybe the best in football as the number two receiver. So I, I do think as long as there's somebody opposite him that needs to be paid attention to, then Cooper Cup is a wide receiver one. Giddy up. Giddy up. Anything parting thoughts? No. All right, we're going too long. So hopefully you're still with us, and hopefully you're still in the playoff hunt. Hopefully you come back next week, and hopefully I, that's all I got to say. Hopefully. So Chris at Chris Meany, Brad at Brad Ziegler. I'm at All In Kid. Barkley says hello as I go take her out to fight like the seventeenth time. Wish you well in week twelve, everybody. We love you.